The Adam Smith Awards are globally recognised as the industry benchmark for best practice and innovation in corporate finance. Throughout this dedicated series, we're taking a deep dive into each of the winning solutions of 2020 in conversation with the creators themselves. Hello, I'm Meg Coates, publisher and head of operations at the Treasury Today Group. In this episode, we hear from the overall and highly commended winner in the best ESG solution. This category looks across the range of the E, the S and the G. We focus on sustainable projects, including the finance related to the mitigation of and or adaptation to climate change and CO2 emissions, as well as investment strategies which incorporate ESG and CSR factors. And the overall winner of the best ESG solution, JetBlue Airways. Hello, my name is Ursula Hurley and I'm the Vice President Treasurer of JetBlue Airways. So the main aim of our project is essentially focusing on ESG and the financial lens of JetBlue. So as we look at the environmental impact of our business, we're exploring a range of sustainability initiatives across the business, particularly within our treasury investment operations. So JetBlue has been extending ESG in terms of how we manage our finances, including investments and fuel, as well as various financial structures. Um, ESG is not just the right thing to do, but it's good for our overall business. So our shareholders and our owners, which include many of our JetBlue crew members, are keen to see how our ESG strategy can benefit our stakeholders and our overarching financial position. So we believe that we're continuing to send a strong market signal that we're all focused on climate change. And we here at JetBlue fully embrace our ESG initiatives and are making them make economic sense over the short term as well as the long term. So the key elements of our solution are we had a corporate credit facility with our top tier banking partners. And essentially we view this facility as an emergency credit card to draw down in times of need of cash. And given JetBlue's strong focus around ESG, we wanted to link the rate that we pay our banks for that facility to the good that we're doing through our ESG initiatives. So essentially, we took that revolving credit facility and we turned it into a sustainability linked loan or an SLL. And so we believe that we've now placed cash in a socially conscious offering. So in February of this year, we became the first ever airline to deploy an SLL or a sustainability linked loan by amending our current existing revolving credit facility, and this facility is $550 million. And for JetBlue, and from JetBlue's Treasury Department perspective, this SLL is not a single milestone, but the latest step in our continuing journey to making climate change a reality and ensuring that we're weaving ESG into our overall business strategy as well as our finances. 
So the benefits of having this solution in place is number one, we're the first airline to make this step in terms of this structure and facilities. So we're making a stand within the industry to say, hey, this is important to us. ESG is important to us. We also, as we continue to increase our ESG and sustainability scores, the interest rate that we actually pay on the facility will be reduced. Um, given that we're showing our investors, our bankers, that we have ESG at the forefront, and so we're progressing those initiatives, and in turn, we get to um, benefit from a rate benefit on the actual loan. So the benefits of the SLL, there are a few of them. First and foremost, BNP Paribas, our banker who brought this idea to us, whom we executed the deal with, um, has been a business partner of JetBlue since inception. And so we were very excited to expand our partnership with them. They are a global leader in the sustainable finance solution. And so um, we further strengthened our partnership um, with BNP Paribas. Um, we, another benefit was we actually, as we continue to improve our ESG and sustainability scores, um, we're able to take advantage of a lower interest rate on the SLL, um, which obviously has financial benefit. Um, this is because we're showing our bankers and our investors that we have ESG at the forefront and we're progressing in this space. And second of all, um, we continue to, to be extremely progressive in our reporting and our sustainability scores. So annually, we release our ESG report. Our 2019 report was just released, and I'm proud to communicate that our score went from 31 to 50, um, which was one of the highest increases that has been seen in this space. Um, so obviously, this points to um, our commitment uh, and identifies key sustainability factors that affect JetBlue's business as well as the airline business uh, as a whole. So um, we're very proud of the progress that we're making and we're going to continue to disrupt and be a trailblazer uh, in this space going forward. We're very, very excited. We at JetBlue obviously take ESG extremely to heart um, because we live in an industry um, obviously that does pollute to the environment and so we're trying to do our part in mitigating and progressing uh, climate change and so for us being recognized with this award um, quite frankly was very overwhelming and um, we're very proud of what we're doing and we think of ourselves as a trailblazer in this ESG space and so to be recognized for that um, we're very fortunate. And from what I understand, I think this is the first year, if I'm not mistaken, that the Adam Smith Award has had an ESG-specific award. Um, so we are very, very proud, again, to be the trailblazer in this space, as well as receiving uh, this first award. Now it's time for a word from their partner. Hello, I'm Hervé Dutay, Chief Sustainability Officer for BNP Paribas in the Americas. We were very supportive of uh, JetBlue uh, winning this award for the last 
sustainable finance transactions that they uh, entered into at the beginning of the year 2020, which is a sustainability linked loan or SLL. The whole idea in those transactions is to have the interest rate move up or down in the future in relation to the achievement or not of some predetermined sustainability goals. We were very proud to bring this transaction for JetBlue in the bank market because JetBlue has been the first airline in the world to enter to a revolving credit facility with an interest rate linked to sustainability performance. Now, what's very important to understand, and that's why we were supportive of JetBlue, this is not a one-off transaction. In fact, it, it is one more step in um, a long sustainability journey that the airline has embarked over the last decade, as well as one more step in the way they use sustainable finance to fund the corporation. On the sustainability side, JetBlue um, has uh, committed to place orders for uh, much more efficient airplanes that can reduce uh, emissions by as much as 40% on a passenger seat basis. And lately, as, uh, as late as January 2020, JetBlue was also the first U.S. airline to announce that they would go carbon neutral on all their domestic flights, which is the majority of their flights. So JetBlue has a lot of credential when it comes to sustainability commitment, performance, uh, and targets. As well, on the financing side, almost two years ago, we partnered with JetBlue to deliver a sustainable cash management solution, and the SLL was a natural evolution of integrating sustainable finance in the way they fund themselves. So a very credible uh, player in the airline space that has a lot of sustainability credential that lends themselves to use sustainable finance in an, a sector that, as we know, is carbon intensive, yet super necessary to society, yet that can make efficiency improvements, significant improvements that we need to get to a sustainable world by 2050. This is a winning solution, first of all, because it is a new sector among industrial sectors to use uh, the latest tools available in finance, and I would say in sustainable finance, to finance themselves. And not only uh, one new sector to use them, but a sensitive sector because it's a carbon intensive sector. So the fact that an airline is uh, trying to use uh, all uh, available tools at its disposal to improve their sustainability performance, to demonstrate their sustainability commitments, and truly to put their money where their word is, because JetBlue will lose money if they don't perform on some ambitious uh, sustainability targets. So in my mind, that's what makes it a, uh, a winning solution in 2020, being uh, a daring uh, industrial player in a sensitive sector to, to be public about raising the bar uh, when it comes to sustainable finance. And finally, SLLs are still a new instrument that is quite pioneering, if I may say, because we are linking interest rate not solely 
to credit risk, not solely to the ability of the borrower to repay the money they borrow, but we're linking the interest rate as well to sustainability performance, in other words, to the ability of JetBlue to do good for the world. It really means a lot because uh, I think the relationship that we have with Delight is just uh, mission aligned. If you realize the key objectives and our, our sustainable goals is basically to deliver clean energy and for you to be recognized, for our organization to be recognized as the highly commended winner in ESG awards is really, really fundamental to me. It means a lot to me because we are not only contributing to the saving of the planet in, in terms of the initiatives that we are doing. We are basically transforming how uh, distributed solar energy is, is going. We are saving the planet for the next generation. And winning this award is a show of green light to the initiatives that we are putting in place as an organization to make sure that we expand access to clean energy across the region. And and I was I'm so delighted. We are delighted as the as the delay team. We are delighted as the delayed finance team to be able to be recognized by Adam Smith as the highly commended winner for the financing solution that we got to basically advance the most important uh, initiatives around the environmental governance. So um, we're really very delighted about that, and we really feel good that we can now really expand this. We can be able to save more of our planet for the future. The fact that we were able to get that $5 million from Zidibak, the fact that we were able to get it in local currency, is incredible. And I'll tell you, we've been trying to do that for a very long time. So the fact that there is no security that is attached to it is a show of proof that basically we are in the right place at the right time. So and challenges around convincing the lenders on our business model, on our objectives, what we want to achieve, it was really challenging. And uh, you know very well that the clean energy is not, it's not something that has been there for many years. So um, you are supposed to, to, to really build a solid business case for you to be able to, to really sell that to DFC, to be able to sell that to Citibank until they have a show of confidence that basically what your thought process, your objectives, your governance, your strategy is basically aligned. So the challenges that we had basically was around building that business case properly to be able to convince the lender that first of all, we are getting it in Kenya shilling. That means we are not subjected to changes in currency fluctuation. And number two is that we're getting it very cheap. So it is cheaper than most of our current debt. So uh, the fact that we were able to love that, it was very challenging building those cases. It was very challenging to get it without, without security. It was also very challenging to get it in Kenya shilling. Kenya shilling debt. But the experience at the end of the day was very rewarding to show that you can be the first in the industry and you can really transform how things can be done by making sure that you basically align your objectives to their goals, to the strategy of the organization and be able to convince the lenders that basically the business case that you are building around this initiative is basically delivering value not only for you as the organization, not only for you as a community, but also to the bank. 
that we can be able to support the current initiatives that we have as one of the hottest topics of the current agenda, environmental protection and clean energy. So uh, the challenges were meant, but the reward was was convincing and so motivating to where we want to go as an organization. Uh, if you really can step out of the box and really think through how things can be done differently, you can be able to really get things that have not been done before. So this thing of getting it in cash shillings now, we're getting it very cheaply. Uh, my understanding from the relationship that we've had with Sri Bangi that we were the first to do that as, a, as an in, in, in the industry. So I learned that there are immense opportunities around how you can be able to really deliver your treasury solutions by just stepping and thinking outside the box, engaging more with the relevant stakeholders in the banking front. And also, I will say no doubt that given that the origin of our organization is American-based and DFC is also from America, and I think it gave us some confidence that basically the, the foundations of our company and our leadership basically played a role in creating confidence into the proposal. And I learned that we can deliver more treasury solutions that are better for the organization if we look beyond the shows. Now it's time for a word from their partner. My name is Mwende Mover. I'm one of the relationship managers within the local corporate unit in City Bank Kenya with a more focused approach on the digital natives um, and inclusive finance entities and transactions. One of the key challenges that an off-grid player like Delight faces would definitely be fundraising. And one of those reasons is because a lot of investors do not understand such an entity's business model and therefore they're hesitant to invest because such a company would be young, often does not have a track record of the collateral requirements set by lenders, um, in particular banks. And then you would find that where capital is available, this is almost exclusively from international investors. And the challenges around that would be the fact that foreign currency debt, the structures are complex with high transactional costs, and then such companies would be exposed to currency risks um, if the local currency depreciates because their assets are in local currencies. And these risks really are tangible uh, because of volatility against the dollar. And then therefore such a company would end up either absorbing the increased debt servicing costs or passing that to its customers um, in form of higher rates who pay in local currency. So because we were already aware of this challenge, when the company approached us, what we did is we made use of a risk defeasance tool that is available through Citibank's partnership with the U.S. International Development Finance Corporation and the Ford Foundation were able to structure um, a facility in local currency uh, for working capital. So what this does then is that it eliminates the currency volatility costs and reduces the transaction um, complexity associated with if they had to raise an international working capital facility. And obviously because there was no requirement for local assets or security, um, we also ended up uh, giving a competitive pricing to delight again on the back of the support we have from um, DFC and the Ford Foundation. So overall, I would say, you know, the currency risk therefore points the importance of borrowing in local currency uh, for the client, which was possible through this sort of transaction and structure. There are a lot of innovative ideas that are developed by 
small businesses or startups that do not have the capital required um, to enable them expand their reach and impact communities. And one key feature of this company's product is pay-as-you-go technology, which really does address the key challenges of extending the end-user finance and collecting payments from remote customers who often have a limited and very irregular cash flow. So for such communities or households to be able to access electricity, um, they're required to pay about a dollar a day to be able to retain the ownership of a solar home system. And and this takes them an average of 12 to 18 months. So then um, loans uh, or working capital facilities in local currencies at an affordable rate um, can enable an early stage social enterprise like this one to be able to achieve um, greater efficiencies, to be able to scale and at lower costs. But more importantly, this solution, it does support the company's or rather Delight's goal of positively impacting the lives of a billion people across the world through providing uh, sustainable energy solution and it also does align with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goal 7 which is to ensure access to affordable, reliable, sustainable and modern energy for all and and this is a target of achieving that um, by 2030. A huge congratulations to all our Adam Smith Award winners. Thank you for listening to this episode of our dedicated Adam Smith Awards podcast series, brought to you by the Treasury Today Group. More episodes will be coming soon featuring other award-winning solutions, so please subscribe to our channel so you can stay updated wherever you get your podcasts from.